And the focus of the conversation needs to be the repair. So it's not rehashing what happened Uh, in the repair conversation. You're really going to want to make sure that you're not placing the focus of that conversation on what your kids did. It's not about what they did to get you in that triggered state, right? So an effective repair, it isn't like, even though you did X, Y, and Z to make me angry, I'm sorry, and I'm going to do better next time. That's not how it works, right? It's that reminder of who's the adult and who's the child in this scenario. And it's also about taking ownership of our own emotions and our own triggers and acknowledging to ourselves and our kids that, you know, regardless of how they do things, regardless of what they decide to do, we still owe it to them to do better than what we just did. Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast, a live workshop style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things, parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home. And what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. Welcome to the Motherhood Podcast. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser. And as always, I'm just so grateful that you're here with us today. Uh, Today, I wanted to talk about what we can do after we've just lost it on our kids. Because it happens to the best of us, right? We all have these moments when we think we were hard on our kids or we just lost our cool and it it hurts. We all have parenting moments we can think of that weren't our best. And even if we have tools that we use to regulate and calm ourselves when we're feeling triggered, there's just times, right? It's inevitable. There's just times where the internal and the external Eternal circumstances. It's that perfect storm. It's just such that uh, even for seemingly trivial things, we just lose it, right? We just lose it. And I think there's so many reasons why, as moms, we might overreact or lose our cool. I think sometimes it makes logical sense, but I think more often than not, it doesn't. There's just a myriad of internal and external factors that are going to affect our window of tolerance. Like, how well we're able to tolerate stress and our triggers. It's the same reason why some days you can drive to work and someone cuts you off in traffic and you don't think twice about it. You let them in, right? And you continue your commute. But then other days, man, someone cuts you off and you lose it. Like you go ballistic. And the thing is, is that there's so many factors that are contributing to your window of tolerance. And the truth is usually they have very little to do with our kids, right? Like maybe we're just exhausted. Maybe we're not taking care of ourselves. Maybe we're not sleeping well or nourishing our body with healthy food. Maybe we're not moving our body. We're not exercising. Maybe we're feeling overwhelmed or frustrated or hangry, or maybe it's something, you know, with work or finances or our marriage or another relationship or something. And then our child complains about whatever, right? What we made them for dinner, or their shoes are uncomfortable or whatever. And it's completely unrelated to what's actually bothering us, but it sets us off. And the good news 
for me, for all of us, is that our kids don't need perfect parents, right? And it's good news because, well, it just doesn't exist. But what they what they do need is they need to know that their relationship with us is still intact after we have those moments and that they can still trust us, even though we're going to mess up sometimes because that's life. We're all going to do, we're all going to say things to our kids that we regret, right? But what we can do is we can make these intentions to handle it differently the next time. So, so when, right, not if, but when these tough parenting moments happen again, we've got to be intentional about repairing the relationship with our kids because that's really the key. There's just so much gold and so much growth and so much connection in that repair process for us and, and for our kids. So it's in the repair process that we can actually, I think, deepen our relationships with our kids and we can model accountability and apology and asking for forgiveness. And we can teach them, right, that no one's perfect. We're not perfect. We don't expect ourselves to be perfect. And we also don't expect them to be perfect either. And we can just show them, show them how we communicate when we've hurt others, right? Show them how we can admit when we're wrong or when we messed up. And we can explain to them how we plan to make things better or how we plan to like take different actions next time. And I think that when we do that, it really builds trust and it helps our kids to develop empathy because, right, because repair is, it's all about kind of redirecting when we're off course. So I put together four ways that I think that we can start repairing with our kids after we lose our cool (laughs) the next time we lose our cool, right? So the first thing is that we want to make sure that we're able to regulate before we actually try to repair. So there's something that has to happen between that moment of being triggered and losing it and then able to have a a meaningful conversation with our kids between that moment, right? We're going to first need to be able to regulate our nervous systems and bring our bodies back to a place where we're thinking clearly. So we're going to want to make sure that we take time off time to cool all the way down and then give our kids that same space to cool down too, even before we approach uh, repair. Because if we do it too soon, we're just still emotionally charged and it's not going to be as effective. And I would just encourage you, start to notice, right? Start to notice what kinds of things help you to calm back down and get into that even keel state. Uh, Maybe it's, you know, just finding something healthy to eat or cold to drink. Maybe it is taking a shower. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's just taking your shoes off and putting your feet in the grass, right? Maybe it's taking a moment to like meditate or journal or pray. Uh, Maybe it's some deep breaths and some breath work, whatever seems to work best for you. I would encourage you like just play around with it until you found what your body responds to. And then you've got to just make that time to let the feelings you're experiencing work their way through you. You got to feel them, let that cycle kind of close and bring yourself back to regulation. So you got to just ride the wave, right? Ride the wave, feel it, let that, let them uh, close that emotional loop to your kids so that you can get to the place, both of you, where you can really have a constructive, healthy conversation uh, that doesn't have that emotional charge to it. And then second, once you're, you've been able to calm, regulate, you're feeling better. Uh, It's likely by this time, your kids have probably had a little time to regroup too. It's time to have conversation with them. And as the parent, right, it's on us to initiate this conversation. It's not a time for 
passive aggression. It's not a time for the silent treatment. It's really about us taking ownership and leading and initiating that conversation with our kids. And we know, right, that kids, they model the values and the behaviors of the people they're close to. So when we take the lead in repairing our relationships, what we're doing is we're teaching our kids the importance of taking responsibility for what we do. And we're also recognizing how our words and our actions affect others. So this isn't a time for uh, overcompensating now for poor behavior by being like overly cheerful or annoying, right? It's just time for a gentle, earnest conversation. And the focus of the conversation needs to be the repair. So it's not rehashing what happened Uh, in the repair conversation. You're really going to want to make sure that you're not placing the focus of that conversation on what your kids did. It's not about what they did to get you in that triggered state, right? So an effective repair, it isn't like, even though you did X, Y, and Z to make me angry, I'm sorry, and I'm going to do better next time. That's not how it works, right? It's that reminder of who's the adult and who's the child in the scenario. And it's also about taking ownership of our own emotions and our own triggers and acknowledging to ourselves and our kids that, you know, regardless of how they do things, regardless of what they decide to do, we still owe it to them to do better than what we just did. So if that's what we want to avoid, then what do we want to focus on instead, right? Well, we first want to focus on just acknowledging what happened, taking accountability for it, recognizing it, apologizing for it. We can just sit our kids down and look them in the eye and say, we're sorry. Like you can start the conversation with, hey, you know, I messed up earlier when I raised my voice or when I, you know, snapped and told you, you better put your shoes away or else you're not going to have dessert or whatever it is, right? I want to talk to you about it for a minute and apologize. Do you have a minute? And if they say no, or if they're still, you know, hiding in their room, sulking, or if they're screaming at you to get out of their space because they still want to be left alone, that's okay. That's okay too, right? They're likely needing some more distance and some more space because they're probably still feeling some pretty big and overwhelming feelings. So if that's the case, just keep them safe. Let them know that you're you're there for them. You're not going to leave them, right? And you can wait. You can wait to talk to them about this later. And then you can give them some time. You know, I wouldn't pressure them to listen to you or to engage with you in that moment because that's likely to lead to, to a strong opposite reaction. Like you're still not listening to them. You're still not respecting their needs. So if this is where you find yourself, I would encourage just bide your time. You know, one of the most challenging aspects of repairing a relationship is not being in control of the other person. So don't pressure, don't coerce them to listen to you. Just stay patient, just stay present, just be with them until you notice that they're ready. And when you get to that point, when everyone's ready to talk about it and you've kind of acknowledged your missteps and your behavior and you've taken responsibility for it and you've apologized, you really want to leave space for your kids to share too. Like you really want to ask, you know, how did that make you feel when I did this? You know, how, how are you feeling now? And listen to all of it without defending yourself, right? No justifications, no defensiveness. And my four-year-old, she won't skip a beat in telling me how it scares her when I get upset. And it breaks my heart, right? Because I'm so grateful. Uh, In the same moment, I'm so grateful that she feels comfortable enough to tell me this. But also, it just makes me feel so sad that, that it scares her if I raise my voice. 
And I don't respond in that moment with, you know, well, you made me mad. Like if you had just listened the first 20 times I asked you to brush your teeth, I wouldn't have had to yell, you know, that blame and those excuses, that's not repairing anything. All I'm doing in that, in that moment would be to just be avoiding my responsibility. So maybe what your kid was doing was unreasonable, right? Maybe it was irrational. I mean, these are kids and that's what they do sometimes. But the truth is that regardless of what they do, regardless of what they say, I'm the adult and I'm the parent. And I need to take that responsibility to do better at controlling my own actions. So you want to leave that space open for them to respond to you. I think the more space, the better, the more they're just able to talk to you, what's going on in their mind, what's going on in their body, right? The better they're able to express all of that in a place that they feel like is safe, the more that they're able to process all of it. And the more that they're really uh, healing in that repair process. And if you share your heart and you acknowledge what happened and you're taking responsibility and you're earnestly apologizing and you feel like you're doing all the things and your kids are still super upset. It's okay. It's okay. We can't control how, or we can't control when they're going to get over it. When we expect them to get over it on our timeline. Right. Or if we say things like, man, I can't believe you're still not over this yet. That doesn't honor their experience. Doesn't honor what's going on for them. So you can tell them, you know, it's okay. If you're still going to feel angry or sad about this for a while, I get it. Because what you're doing there is you're giving them permission. You're giving them permission to feel their feelings and just honor their emotions. Because if we're really sorry about what happened, I think part of that process is just giving, giving them room, giving them space to express how they feel about what happened too. And then the third thing, I think before you end that repair conversation with your kids is you want to do some problem solving, right? You want to just explain to them what you're going to do in the future to prevent an outburst like that from happening again. You want to show them you spent some time thinking about it. You care, right? It's not going to happen again. You've come up with this plan. So you're able to respond differently next time. And I would encourage you share the plan with them. You know, one, because it, it shows them how we can plan and resource ourselves in advance. And two, because I think they're going to help hold you accountable. It's an opportunity to reevaluate your own self-regulation tools. Like what didn't work in this moment when you lost it, right? Why was your window of tolerance so small? What was bothering you? How are you not taking care of yourself, right? How can you better resource yourself next time? Try some different things until you find what's working better for you. What do you need to deal with? that you're not dealing with. Even just noticing when you're starting to feel dysregulated can be a win at first. You can become more aware of when your fuse is short, you know, when you're getting frustrated with all the little things, you find yourself super irritable and sighing and huffing and puffing, right? We all know that feeling. And maybe next time, instead of ignoring those warning signs and pushing through them until until you do explode and lose it, maybe next time you just stop. And you just regulate before you get to that breaking point. I know for me, oftentimes it's just taking a deep breath, just taking a moment, acknowledging how I'm feeling, taking a deep breath and just muttering like, God, give me patience. God, give me wisdom. Whatever it is I feel like I need, right? It just helps me. And maybe the same would work for you. Maybe you can stop and count to 10. Maybe you can, you know, do some jumping jacks. Maybe you can run out to your car and 
sit in it and just scream as loud as you can for 30 seconds, like play around with different things, see what seems to work to help bring you back to a calmer state when you start finding that you're creeping into that Hulk mode, right? And before you have this conversation with your kids, you're going to want to do some soul searching and really ask yourself what it is that you need, right? What do you need so that you don't lose it the next time? What do you need to feel more rested or less exhausted or less at the end of your rope, right? Like, what can you do about it? What do you notice in these moments when you get heated? Like, do you notice you start to sound like your parents? You know, maybe there's some healing that needs to happen there. Are you uh, threatening your kids when you're at the end of your rope because you feel helpless? Maybe you need to resource yourself better. Maybe you need some outside support. It's also an opportunity, I think, to evaluate some of the external factors that get us dysregulated too. Like, is there something compromising you that makes being patient really hard or makes being regulated really hard? You can just take a, a check, right? Just evaluate, like, how can you change your routine maybe so you're not rushing to get where you need to be? Like, what kind of stress is that bringing you? Whatever it is, just kind of checking in noticing and then making these mental notes and shifts for next time. So you can, you can actually carry it out. And that's number four. It's just following through with these ideas. You've brainstormed to better resource yourself. So you got to let your kids see you following through on the plan you discussed with them. It's one of the most important steps. And this is where they're learning to trust you because you can do all the apologizing and you can take all the responsibility and come up with all the plans. But if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, and if they see you continuing to do the same thing over and over and over again, they're not going to buy it. They're not going to buy it. Right. So you can probably think of a situation where someone apologized to you, right? I can think of times where people have apologized to me for something and then they turn around and they do it again. It's like, how does that make me feel? It probably upset me even more. You know, we feel like they didn't care. They didn't feel bad at all. They were just saying what I wanted to hear in the moment, right? I didn't trust them if they apologized again, said it wasn't going to happen. So we just need to be super aware and intentional about putting our money where our mouth is when it comes to repairing with our kids, like doing the things that we say we're going to do. So do what you need to do to remember what you've told them you're going to do. Maybe, you know, stick a reminder somewhere you're going to see it often. Maybe it's giving yourself other kinds of cues. Maybe you even engage your kids and ask them to help remind you because that next moment when you're on the brink of losing it, it's going to be a really important one. And if you're able to follow through and maybe distance yourself and find a moment to regulate and then come back and respond differently, so much trust is built in that moment. And your kids are going to see, they're going to notice, they're going to see what you uh, intended and they're going to believe you. And just that I think can help you get through so many future missteps. But if you find yourself really struggling, really struggling to resource yourself and find tools that help you regulate, or if you're having a really hard time following through on the plan, like you're someone who can come up with all these ideas, but then you have a really hard time putting them into action when you feel yourself getting heated, I just encourage you get some help you know, find a therapist, find a good coach, find someone who can help you to navigate all of this because it's not easy. It's not easy 
And getting help, it isn't a sign of weakness, right? It isn't admitting some sort of failure or some sort of defeat, but it's acknowledging how important this is. It's acknowledging the importance of the relationship that you have with your kids and with yourself. And it's just prioritizing those and it's prioritizing your own health so that you can show up in the best way for them. So if it's landing for you, this is resonating, man, give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to be a work in progress. And if you're interested on working on it further uh, with me, I would just encourage you go to michellegrosser.com slash coaching. There's an interest form there you can fill out or shoot me a DM, you know, just reach out on Instagram at the motherhood.podcast. I personally read everything that you guys send. Uh, so even if you're just have a question that you'd like answer, or you're fine of feeling like you're stuck in this particular spot and want a little bit of feedback, reach out. I'm here for you guys. Let me know. Uh, and I finally, I just want to encourage and remind you like motherhood is never a destination. It's not a destination. We're never just going to arrive. And it's like, ah, we've got it all figured out. We're good now. Right. It's the journey friends. It's the journey. And I promise you, you're doing so much better than you think. If you love mommy's podcast, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, Your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village, and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.